And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Not only is the Weighing In Podcast back, we are back together because we were at LA Live yesterday and we are in San Jose today. We're together. This is scary. Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can handle John in like small doses and like yesterday, now today, and then all week. I see you all next week. I need that five days between that and London oh, and Paris. I, 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 don't I need know those times. Job. What are you talking about, dude? This you you are getting some pure loving right here. <laughs> You you just like to spend time with me because you went from living on the lake in a beautiful house to a tin can. Tin, You're gonna be I don't living even in a, have tin, a tin can yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm living in. A, I, I am trailer trash. I'm living in a trailer. <laughs> You're living in a in fifth wheel, right? Yeah. Straight I'm eight total mile. trailer trash. What? A eight, he's going eight mile style there. That's <laughs> all right. Oh, I start calling you Emma John. It's Eminem, Eminem, but Eminem. It's all John. about moving up. Yeah, <laughs> Marshall McCarthy. <laughs> Marshall McCarthy. I'm like the Jeffersons. I'm moving on up. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, hey, um, John, we had a great time yesterday. We got we were asked to uh, host the press conference yesterday, and look, guys, we did the best we could. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we had a great time. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how structured they wanted to be. We uh, we got there. We just. They said, "Here, here's the fights we want Here. you guys to talk about." Here's a mic. Yeah. There's the camera. Go. <laughs> and we're like, "All right, it. let's like, do it. We can do this." So it was great. Yeah, we uh, we just made it our own, and it was fun. I had a great time. Yeah. Not only did you have a great time, because obviously we were doing things together and we're yeah. great, but we had a lot of people come up. Wing in podcast. It's so great, dude. Is that not cool? That's even a, today at lunch. I love that. A girl walks up, John McCarthy. Hey, how you doing? Weighing in. Yeah. Hello. Yes, yeah, see, females listen to it us. It makes you feel good. That females they actually, listen to you know, us. They, they actually, they listen, they know. Yeah. That's cool. Normally, it's a big sausage fest. Not to steal Brendan line. <laughs> oh, not dude, to steal no, no. Brendan Schaub's line. Oh, dude, yeah. But yeah. normally, it's a yeah. sausage There's fest. A sausage Guys fest. are coming up going, hey. That's hey, okay. Hey, I love it. I love it's it, It's okay. But it was nice to have a female walk up to us in San Jose. She's like, oh, my God, Wayne and podcast. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. And you guys are together. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually do talk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so. Yes, we do. All right, so there was a lot to cover yesterday when we did the uh, presser. It was fun. We had a great time. We did the Hawaii show. Yep. And so you had uh, Arlene Bleco with uh, Chris Cyborg, which is a rematch. A lot of people were expecting this to be one-sided. I'm going to keep going back to the fact that during that first fight, Arlene was – she had to basically train, you know, back home in Australia, and she wasn't able to get to uh, Jackson Winks, which is where she trains with a lot of other females. Yep. You know, Holly Holm being one of them and a lot of the other ones that are there as well. But she's able to get some good work in with a lot of good, top talented female fighters that are out of Jackson Wink. I think that also is a big confidence booster. And we, as we say always, that confidence is key when it comes to this sport. It really makes a huge difference when you're in there and you're on your routine. Like that's why when you find your niche and you find a gym that you feel comfortable with, John, that's why people continue to build and get better when they find that place. And she wasn't able to do that now. Like she said, not taking anything away from Volkanovski and the, and the team that she was training with, but it wasn't really her mold at the time. Yeah. It was like she had to make some adjustments to take the fight. She was given the title fight, and she didn't want to turn it down because those opportunities don't come very often. And so when you, if you're turning down title fights, yeah, you're either doing really, really well, yeah, or you're not making good decisions. It's difficult. <laughs> it's a difficult decision though for people because during COVID, you're like, I don't want my one and only opportunity to be during COVID, and I lose it and don't get it. 
It's like that's the hardest part, I think, for a lot of fighters that were t- fighters that turn down title fights or turn down opportunities to fight the number one contender to fight for the title. I understood. I understand during that time not taking the title, not taking those fights and those risks because if you didn't have a gym to train at, where were you gonna get? Where were you gonna be that the champ? That that is the problem. If you didn't have and it's not only you can take a look. Let's be honest, AKA up here, they weren't open. No. Okay. I mean, there's so many places. You can't be open here in Cal. And <laughs> you, they weren't open, People and it was you could door. be you could be a guy that was a mainstay in the gym. You still had to go find a place, usually someone's garage, and a lot mm-hmm. of times with mats, and you were finding a place to train with guys and bring in guys yeah. that would show up for you and stuff. Not an easy thing. It was yeah. it was tough. <laughs> yeah. So what? Like now that COVID's pretty much gone, I can sit here and say this. What I did was I just put a keypad, you know, and the in a in the back door knock. And so we had a backdoor knock and we just opened the door for people that would come in and do workouts at certain times. We had a schedule that we had sent out that was to all the members. And I said, hey, you guys can come through at any time during this time and this time for workouts. And that's what they did. And so that's how we were able to stay afloat during this time. Because look, you're hemorrhaging, especially rent around here. Oh my God. You're paying $350 to $4 a square foot, you know? Which is not bad here. Yeah, that's it's, it's about yeah, especially in the, especially where I am right now, where this gym located is, where this gym is located at, it's super expensive. Yeah. You know, down the street's almost four, almost five dollars a square foot. You know, if you're in one of the bigger facilities, we're not obviously, but you know, if you are, I mean, so. But look, um, if I was one of those fighters during that time during COVID, going, this is my only shot at a title shot. Do I take it? Do I not? I don't have anywhere to train. I I don't understand. Like, I, I feel I sympathize. I feel you bad. sympathize, but I, you would have taken it. I would have taken it. Okay, there yeah. you go. Because I would have done what I did here is I would have found a way yeah. to do a backdoor knock to open up and train. Like it really just comes down to two trainers at the time. How did they feel? Were they comfortable with being around people that may potentially had COVID? Were they? And then where were your training partners? <laughs> did they want to train? Did they want to spar? Did they like you don't know? Some fighters they talk the big game, but not all of them are there to help. Yeah, that's oh, true. I don't want to put myself in jeopardy. I don't, you know. So you don't know. Yeah. Anyways. But I do think that rematch, you're taking a look. And the one person that has the ability to cause, it's almost like the, the Sinead Kavanaugh fight. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were looking at it saying, oh, you know, Cyborg's going to run through Sinead. And I was like, hey, look at the one thing that Sinead has. First off, she will stand and she will throw her hands and she will take a shot to give a shot. And that makes it to where she could land that one shot. And she actually got Cyborg to fall into that brawler mode and stand and bite down on him, which is, that's kind of what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I look at Arlene, she's got to do the same thing to a point. She's got the ability. She she throws good straight punches. She's got power in her hands. She could, what she's got to do is stop the takedown, stop the rush to the fence where Cyborg pushes her to the fence and starts to use the clinch to, to you know, beat her up a little bit, elbows, knees, and then start to wear her down and then drag her to the ground, then she's going to be in trouble again. Yeah. She's got to use what is her best skill set, and that's her hands, to keep range and draw her into those moments where it is a brawl. They're just throwing. Because when you're just throwing, you can land it, I can land it, you never know which one's going to land, and it's going to be hard, and it can put anyone down. Yeah, that's true. Um, the thing is, though, is with Arlena, <clears throat> the the thing that concerns me the most is that I don't think she is faster than Cyborg. I don't think she's faster. I don't think she's faster. I agree. And whereas Sinead Kavanaugh is also not faster, no. but she, I think, will take more shots to give one. 
than Arlene. So don't get me wrong, Arlene's extremely tough. I think Arlene's going to be able to get in there and do some work. She's going to do a lot better than she did last fight. But the reality is, is, and she said it yesterday when we were interviewing her, confidence is key, but she needs to believe that she is better than that fighter or that she can upset that fighter. She said, every time I fought somebody that was ranked higher than me, I didn't believe that I could beat them. She's like, but every time I fought someone that was ranked lower than me, she's like, you're not taking my ranking. I'm, I'm already better than you. There's no way. You have to have that same belief when you fight the fighter that's ranked higher than you. And she didn't, she never had that before. She hopefully now mentally has made that adjustment. But yeah, it was what I, you know, you heard what I told her. Yeah. Arlene, what's the worst thing that can happen in this? What's the worst thing? You lose. And she goes, I could lose. Okay. Has that ever happened before? Yeah. She goes, yeah. Did it, did it change your life? Did it crush you? Take the pressure off. Yeah. Just John, go in there free and, and let it go. John, it's easier said than done. Yeah, right? I know. I know, I know. <laughs> it's easier said than done. Hey, there's pressure in everything. And this, you know, but you have to be that person that can take pressure and you put it to the side. Those are the people that perform well under it. The highlight of yesterday, though, for sure, was Rafian Stotts and Juan Archuleta. <laughs> I love I'm it, sorry, man. Taco meat all out. Oh, and, dude. And Poncho and moccasins. Poncho and moccasins, <laughs> man. And the cool hat. Come on. I, yeah. you know, it, it was funny because Rafian is trying to, he's trying to be respectful, but he's trying to push buttons. Yeah. And he was, he was doing it, but. Juan just, you know, sat there and took it all. He just took it all with a great assault. Like, yeah, hey, this is my heritage. I'm proud of my heritage. The Apache Indians. He's, he's explaining yeah. all this stuff. And Rafael's like, Apache what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't. Like, uh, uh, he, he, he's just like, he's just poking the bear. Oh, yeah. He's poking the bear. He's fun, doing. though. He is. Like, he just, is just a good guy. He's a, you know, they love him at Extreme. He's been working out Extreme Couture. They love him. And they all go. Oh, he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. They know. So no, there was some conversations that I had with some other people too that I was like, because I didn't want to just ask him. I said, "How do you feel?" He's like, "Look, I I went there, wanted to know how good I was." He's like, "And I realized how good I am." <laughs> okay. And I was like, "Okay, well, that's so in reverse." I, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't take just his word for it. So I asked a couple other people. They were, they're like, "No, no, he's, he's, he's the real deal." They're oh, yeah. like, "No, we, we, um, we're surprised that he." Is so they, basically a lot of people were saying they're surprised that he's so happy being at Bellator. They're like, why are you not in the UFC? Like, why are you like how come you know? And then I'm like, well, because he's 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 making a ton of money. Yeah. And so he he's made it very clear at I guess Extreme Couture is like, if you guys want to come fight the best guy, I'm over here. <laughs> so and it's so funny and they're all laughing about it. They're giving jokes, but you know you got to keep the training stuff in the in the in the gym. But they're all kind of they're all giving him a lot of props. Even the people he trains with, they're like, dude, he's good. He's really good. He's you know. But in training, everyone can have a good day. Everyone can have a bad day. They've all had their ups and downs. But it's good to hear. I love hearing these things. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, though, then you've got um. What other fights are that are in Hawaii? Well, you've got Patchy Mix going against Horiguchi. That's, oh yeah. That's a good fight. Yeah. That's a great fight as far as just the difference in styles. But you know, everyone from ATT talks about Horiguchi, and they're they're all enthralled yeah. with that guy. They're just his work ethic. The way he acts in the gym, the way he helps and mentors other people and stuff, they all love him, and they all say he's so fucking good. Yeah, it just you know he is one is his last fight against Sergio. Like we say, he was winning every minute of the fight until Sergio lands a until that one second. Yeah, that one second, you know, and it knocked him out. And hey, that's what happens in fighting. That's that's what makes fight. That's what makes fighting so cool in my opinion because it's not like football or baseball or 
basketball, you know, you could lose every second of the fight until the last second and win it. Yeah. You could be behind so far and still win it. John, ask Eves Edwards. <laughs> Dude, I remember that one. <laughs> I won every fucking second of yeah, that yeah, fucking round. Yeah. And and then, so, not every second. Yeah, just yeah. that one yeah. second. That one second, yeah. No, you second. were not winning, dude. Yeah, I didn't win that second. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. What a gun. Anyways. Uh, um, no, but it happens, man. This is the life. This is the life we chose. This is the life in the, those are the results that are gonna happen. This is what makes, like you said, this is what makes the sport so fun. Is that it could happen to anybody. It happens like look at uh GSP and Matt Sarah. Oh yeah. Was winning the fight, was touching him, hitting him, whatever, doing all pretty much controlling the pace and just got a little clipped on the what side of the ear. Oh, Grace was the Grace of the Temple or the ear? You like, know, it was right behind. But the that ear. fight, I, I can tell you, you know, before the fight, before you can ask my this wife. It's a good this. story. You told me this. Good. You know, it was. Uh, I, I went into the back, and Ray Longo and Matt Sarah were, you know, in the back, and I go and start going over rules, and I start just talking with him and stuff. And he is. They're playing cards, and they're in a good mood. And Matt's just having fun. He goes, John. He goes, What do I have to worry about here? He says, I'm going to go out and have a blast, mm. right? And he's just talking. And I said, Hey, great. See you later. Boom. Go out. Go right over to GSP's locker room, walk in, and he was a mess. I mean, just you could see pressure, and he's yelling, and he's having problems, and it's like, hey, come over here, right? And I, I sit him down, and I sit. He's got David Loazzo with him, but he's pissed off at his manager at the time, Stefan Patry, and he is just, he's not thinking about the fight. And it gets to the point I realize, Dude, you are not ready to fight. I leave and I go out and you know, and I see my wife who's in the crowd and I'm talking to her. I said, George St. Bear is going to lose tonight. Right? And she goes, what? She goes, are you kidding? I go, I'm just telling you, he's not ready to fight. Matt Sarah is ready. He's happy. I said, he's just going to go have fun. And, and George is a mess. He's not thinking about what's coming. Sure enough, look at what happened. Yeah. You know, you can see it at times. So... That's crazy because especially when you're in the back, you've got to make sure you have that clear mind of just go out there, just do my job, have fun with it. Like every time I fought having fun, I had great performances. Sure. You know, um, it just, it's, it's sometimes just not your night, man. Well, that, that's true. But that's what separates the, the great ones. Because you can see at times it's like if George had won that and I, and I, was, and I would have been wrong saying, hey, you know, he, he's going to lose. But if he had won that fight, then that's, he's showing that, Man, he can even overcome those bad moments, those bad nights when things aren't going right. And, you know, I can point out fights that Anderson Silva had that, look, it wasn't his night. It was his opponent's night. And he still came out with the win. Yeah. And you, you get those times, and that's what, you know, separates the good ones from the great ones. And uh, it's tough. You know, not every night that you go and you walk out there is your night where everything is in tune and you're you're feeling good. You know, there's how many times is it, have you seen guys, and I, trust me, I've seen guys in the back puking their brains out, shitting their brains out, you know. Paul Bonatello. Oh, Paul, every fight. <laughs> every fight. Every fight, Paul Bonatello. You know, you know what puking. fight he didn't throw up for? Yeah, Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky. I know. <laughs> so, the, he's like, no, no. Like he got he got like a little bit of that gag reflex, but never the, threw up. The one, the one, the one fight where I was the only one that saw the punch that landed. Him, you know, true. I, I didn't even realize it was landing. Oh, I know. I was watching it from no, TV. I'm like, holy shit, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got him. He's got him. What? What is he doing? Why is he stopping the fight? Yeah. yeah. It was. A, oh man. I felt bad for Paul in that one. You know, because because Paul Paul was a good guy. He was yeah. funny as hell. He's a big, you know, teddy bear of a guy, but. 
he really could fight in the stand-up. And that was a fight that was kind of, hey, you got a good chance here because yeah. he's – Paul had a fucking piston for a jab. Yep. And when he could get himself on a roll, you could look and say, hey, he can, he can piece up a lot of guys. He just did he, I cornered him he, so he didn't many even, times. He didn't even get it out of gear. He, he, uh, he lived with me for five or six years. He lived with me. Oh, I'm sorry. God, it was <laughs> – <laughs> I love me some Paul Boyatello, but man, I had never found so many plates tucked underneath my couch with, oh, Mex with Mexican dude. red sauce on it. I'm oh. like, bro, what are you doing? Can you just put the dishes in the sink? Why do you got to tuck them under the couch? I was like, where's all my silverware under the couch? Under the couch. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me, bro. Seriously? He'd be, he'd be eating, watching TV, and when he got done, he would just shove it under the couch. It was like a habit to him. I'm like, what are you doing? Find it wash it put it in there. i was like gosh this is horrible but yeah he lived with me for about five six years i corner him so many times man i corner him so much king of the cage uh hawaii uh rumble on the rock uh, he knocked out some some guy named something montana with a head kick in Mont rumble on the montoya, rock montoya montana anyways yeah in rumble on the rock Dude, that's kind of that's pretty good because Paul could barely get his fucking leg above his knee. It was it was pretty awesome. I was surprised. <laughs> it shocked me that he did that. I want to say it was Montana. Was his was the guy's really? last name? It was a Mexican guy. Uh, Mexican guy or anyways. But anyways, he got a beautiful head kick. Nice job. Yeah, P Paul was I think his downfall in his career was he was offered the Fedor Emelianenko fight instead of Verdum, and he turned it down. Andy Montana. Andy Montana. Okay. Yeah. So that was that. Was that uh, Rumble on the Rock or was that Super yeah. Bowl? Rumble, Rumble on the Rock. Rock. So I wasn't sure. Um, his downfall was he off, he was offered <clears> that fight, and he, what he dear that was right around the time Affliction after he had found out what Affliction people got paid to fight Fedor when Arlovsky got paid like what nine hundred thousand or something like that. So he came to he came to Coker. But asking, he he was fighting. He fought in Affliction. Yeah, wow, I did his fight against Kirill Sedilnikov when Sedilnikov was undefeated. Yeah. Everyone was calling him Baby Fedor, and Paul Buentella just put a clinic on and him. And that was the problem, is that Paul understood what those guys made. And so when he came back to Coker going, yeah, I want 900000 And Scott's like... <laughs> There's a reason why Affliction's no. not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, But Scott offered him a really lucrative contract at the time. That was a lot of money at the time, and he just didn't want to take it. And that was his that after that, that was the downfall of his career because he just started trying to fight guys that he thought he, he thought I don't know whether he thought he could win or whatever it was, but it was a downfall. Yeah. Then he lost one and then it was like, okay. Then he went to the then he started fighting all the small shows. He wasn't going back to UFC. Strike Force was bought and he, I think he left shortly right before Strike Force was bought. And so that ruined it. That yeah. ruined everything. Yeah, he should have taken that fight. Cause the one thing I do recall was that because he told me, he goes, yeah, they offered me this. I'm like, you should take that fight. It was they offered him another extension. So no matter what, and it was a no cut clause, I believe. So he would have got four more fights out of it on top of that amount of money, and he still turned it down. Do you, do you remember like, Paul, Paul's uh, his trademark line? No. Don't fear me, and he would expect the fear, con the, fear, fear the, the consequences. consequences. <laughs> oh, he should have feared the consequences. Oh, of not I know, taking that's that exactly fight. it. That's the whole point. I love uh, Paul, man, but geez, that was a bad choice. Yeah. Bad decision. Um. Other than that, like, yeah, I mean, I got so many stories I could tell you guys. It's not about Paul, but everyone. Mike Kyle, Trevor Prangley, Phil Baroni. I mean, everybody, man. Yep. Everybody. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, but anyways, let's talk about the, let's talk about Bellator. 277. This Friday. This Friday from the SAP Center. San Jose, San Jose SAP. California. My hometown. I've fought in that arena many of times. Dude, that's, that's, 
that's your home, man. It's got my pictures all on the wall down in the it's pretty uh, cool, isn't in, it? In the hockey locker Come room. Come on, when you think about it, I actually kind of like it because I've been down in the in the San Jose hockey, like in there in the Sharks locker room. They've got they've got a big picture of me up there, which is kind of nice. Well, it's a poster of with me on the poster. There's other people. On the oh, posters, so it's not you. It's not just me. <laughs> it's not just me. They do have a couple shots though, still shots in the arena of just me. Makes me feel better. Got it. Like, hey, I'm a mainstay here. I'm a mainstay. I'll be there for generations. Dude, I'll tell you, I saw a picture of you. Same thing. Everyone's got your bucket list things. Mm -hmm. And my bucket list thing was I wanted to referee a fight in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. Because, look, for a long time, MMA was verboten Mm -hmm. in New York. And then finally, you know, and then UFC's going to go there. And so when I walked into Madison Square Garden, you know, I always talk about the Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali in March. 8th of 1971 and they've got all these pictures of you know that fight up in madison square garden and then i come back to it after you know i do the i do the eddie alvarez connor fight and i come back to madison square garden to do the george st pierre and bisping and they have a picture of the mcgregor and alvarez up there i was like yeah that's cool (laughs) that's awesome man like i'm not on that level buddy i'm on the sap level i wasn't on the level of making it either as far as but at the (laughs) The picture of Eddie and uh, Connor was there, so I thought it was cool. All right, well, let's break into the main event for uh, Bellator. We're going to go through the main card, and we'll kind of leave the main card. We'll maybe touch on a couple of the uh, prelims if there's any good ones. Okay. And we'll talk on that, but let's uh, let's go main event. This is a rematch, AJ McKee versus Patricio, which is Pitbull. And what I see is a slimmer down. Yes. See, he is slimmer. Much. And he Much. looks good. He looks really good. So, in, in talking with you know one of his managers, uh, George, George is like, dude, this is the best you'll ever see him. I'm not saying he's gonna win. Yeah. He goes, I'm not gonna put I'm not, I'm not gonna put that kind of stigma out there. He goes, it's the best I've ever seen him. That says a lot. Yeah. I think the mindset is different in terms of what he needs to do to get it done. <clears throat> Understanding that the <clears throat> the first fight, he just never did anything. And like like AJ pointed out, he got he's frozen. Like, it was the very first combination, the very first yeah, actual, actual engagement, engagement yeah. of the fight that basically ended the fight. Yeah, And so there was never a moment that Patricio had a chance to get off. And he didn't create one either. So talking yesterday, we were talking with both of them. I said, and you you pointed this out, so i got to give you a little bit of credit. Okay. okay just a tiny bit, though, not too much. Not much. Your head to get, we got to get you out the door here well, with your head. It's a small door. Grease the ears, kind of walk you out. Yeah. <laughs> so in this situation... He let AJ take the center of the of the cage mm-hmm. and dictate kind of where it was. I'd only seen another one other fighter do that to him. That was Benson Henderson. Benson kind of kept pushing him around, but he was landing the cleaner, harder shots yeah. against that against Benson. Yep. He was the faster fighter against Benson. In this fight, he is not the faster fighter. Mm-hmm. And, will not, and will he, not be he will this not time. Be. He will not be. But how does he get it done, John? Because the speed is such a uh, problem, along with the reach and the range. And... Sure, I think he's got probably the better fight IQ, but he doesn't have the better athleticism. So what does he do? I look at exactly what you're saying. Everything is right. AJ has got the speed. He's got the reach. And he's got a huge reach advantage. We're not talking two inches, three inches, four inches. We're talking eight inches in reach advantage. That's big. And that means you've got to cover a lot of space before you can even touch that guy when he can touch you for, you know, all of it. I look at it and and I've I've always said this when every time I've watched Patricio in a rematch he fights much smarter he fights much better against that person because he's, he's learned something I don't know how much he could have learned 
in that first fight. I mean, you can go back and you can look at it, but he wasn't in there long enough to really get that feel of that range difference, but he was having a problem with it. And you could see he was having a problem with it from the beginning. So in my opinion, look, there's, there comes that point where you got to say, Hey, this guy has these advantages over me. Where are my advantages? Well, the one advantage I will say that Patricio has is he's more powerful. He's, he's got one punch knockout power, but he's got to land it. He's also, his wrestling is good. I don't know if it's as good as AJ's, but his jiu-jitsu is better. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that he can submit AJ, but that means that he can put a lot of pressure on him on the ground, wear him down, and so that's one angle. But I always look and say, he's got to put himself into danger to win this fight. You can't sit there and play it safe, which he has done for a multitude of his last fights before AJ McKee. You can take a look and go through the list. You know, when he fought Juan Archuleta, he controlled everything. He played it safe. He let he actually let that fight kind of go towards a decision. Not, you know, not that, you know, I'm saying that he could have stopped Juan, but he didn't try. He just was he was he was in cruise control and he was just, you know, round after round he was winning. So I'm just gonna do the same thing. And he did that, you know, with Pedro Cavallo, never was in, in any kind of trouble, you know, no danger. Goes in with Emmanuel Sanchez, quick win, lands a big shot, gets the guillotine joke, no danger. So he's had a lot of fights where he hasn't had to put himself into danger. He's got to put himself into dangerous positions in this fight. He's got to step inside that range. He's got to make it to where AJ can't use what is an advantage. As an advantage, he's got to fight the fight that Patricio makes him fight. Not so much in a phone booth, even though I think that's a good place for him. But within that boxing range, get out of that kicking range, take away the kicks that AJ has, take away all that linear stuff that he likes to throw, and make him have to use his hands and his footwork, which is going to make him t- a little bit more tired. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I also think that he needs to kind of push AJ sometimes to the fence. He needs to kind of utilize that if wrestling he can. a little bit if he can. <clears throat> He's got to get AJ moving backwards. He's got to get AJ fighting off that back foot to use the energy that AJ will. AJ will. AJ, I think, is he's getting a lot smarter in the cage. He's still really young. He's not fully matured when it comes to his fight IQ. Nope. But, and that's where I think Patricio can exploit him, if he can get him to that level. If he can get him to that point. He's He is the smaller body in there, but like I said, the fight IQ as well as the power, that's a threat. That's a real threat. And if you look at AJ, right, I haven't seen him fight anybody that cautious than when he fought Patricio when he walked out. Was very, oh. It was almost like he was just as nervous as everybody else was. Sure he was. And so he came out, and the fact that he landed the head kick, and it was it was so happened so fast, he just jumped on and did what was natural. But even when he jumped on the neck and did all the things that he did, he celebrated too soon, then he oh, jumped yeah. on the neck, all of those things, those were mistakes that he made. He knew that, and he talked about that yesterday when we interviewed him. He's like, I learned a lot from that fight. Just even though it was a short one, I learned a lot. Don't celebrate too soon. Then figuring out what he was going to do next. It was just the maturity, I think, that is going to continue to have to grow. He's young. He still has a lot to learn, but he's still dangerous. Patricio's got to figure that out, and somehow I think he's got to threaten the takedowns a little bit more to open up the availability for his hands because if he can get AJ to hesitate for a split second, that gives him that split second to potentially land that shot, and if he gets AJ rocked at some point, AJ may, I don't know if he will, he may start doubting, not doubting himself, but realizing that this guy can hurt me. Mm-hmm. And when, when you realize this person can hurt you, oh, yeah. it changes the way that that person fights, especially once you've already been hurt. You're like, okay, now if I get hit again, I can go out at any time. And I use this as an example because 
you know, I got hurt by a headbutt. You missed it. Okay. But then the next, <laughs> but then the next shot though, the next shot, it wasn't a hard shot. I would have taken that probably shot all day long, but it just, that was the finishing touches. Yeah. It doesn't take much once you've already been rocked. And so if, if Patricio is able to rock him, clip him a little bit, maybe potentially that'll put a little bit more fear in him or a little bit more cautiousness into him where he won't try to, he won't be so confident getting off as much as often as she, as he wants to AJ McKee. So then that'll slow the pace down to let Patricio fight at the pace that he needs him to fight at to potentially land the knockout. Either way, it's going to be a tough fight for both fighters. I think it's going to be a lot longer of a fight. AJ thinks he can get him out of there in a second. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be, I guess for me, I wouldn't be putting those expectations on myself. I wouldn't either. As a young fighter, I just wouldn't. Uh, why? I'm like, look. It, it, it's bold, it's brash, it's like Muhammad Ali calling his shots and everything, and it looks good. Mm -hmm. But why? Yeah. why, why? Could, because no matter what, even if you, even if you believe it, you're putting the pressure of when that second round starts, you've just given yourself yeah. five minutes to finish this fight. Yeah. And then when it doesn't, no matter what, you can still be winning the fight. But, ah, shit, I didn't finish him. Yeah. It, it's just in the back. And so it's, why do it? Yeah, once you get past that second round, you're like, oh, damn, I didn't finish him in the round I said. I told everybody I was going to finish him. Yeah. Those are not things that you want to you wanna put more pressure on yourself for. Uh, let's get into the co-main event, which is the finals of the Heavyweight World Grand Prix. And to me, and I'm, you guys, I don't give a crap what you guys say in the comments when you guys comment <laughs> on it. I mean... I'm going to sit here and just tell you, you I'm going to ride in there too. You guys are wrong. This fight right here is to see who the best light heavyweight in the world is. Yes, it is. Plain and simple. It's I'm being honest with yeah. you. I look at it. And you could put, first off, Glover is fantastic. Yep. I love Glover. And he's a fantastic fighter. Uh, I think fighting right now, as smart as I've ever seen him fight. Yep. Absolutely. And so he's definitely right up there. <clears throat> Yuri is definitely right up there. Corey is up there. And Nemkov is definitely up there. So you could take those guys, intermix them. They're four of the best light put, heavyweights I'll in the world. I'll put Rakic in there. I'll put Rakic uh, in there. Is I'll good. put Reyes in there also. Dominic Reyes. No, can't put Dominic Reyes in there. He's right still there, right there. He, but he's on the end. He's on the, yeah, he's on the, on the end side of it all. Yeah. He hasn't fought in forever, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I put Rakic. Who's Rakic fighting? He's fighting someone coming up there, Dave. Yeah, that's a rematch with. Um, he's got a good uh, fight coming up. Blahovich. Yawn. Yes, okay. So, yes, and then Yawn, I think you got to put Yawn in that situation as well. Oh, yeah. So I would put Yawn ahead of Reyes. So, I mean, I'd say, <laughs> but those are the guys that are in the top five, six that are there. Okay. But right now, I feel like this fight right here with Corey Anderson and Nemkoff is to see who the number one uh, light heavyweight in the world is. Just to me. I, I see. And you can, they're all intermixed. Uh, this is interchangeable. Did you notice when Nemkoff and Corey Anderson were standing up there? Because you always talk about the height. Hello. Yeah. There wasn't much. They're the same. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the same. I'm not going to say the same. Take a look at their shoulders. a little bit Their shoulder. shoulders were right together. And then, dude, yeah, but John, the head they, was bigger. No. <laughs> Your head's bigger. What got, the fuck does that got matter? Got two babies by the head. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's, I, I was really surprised that Corey was, was not actually taller. Mm. Nemkov is thick. He's just as big. He's faster than Corey. Yep. He kicks better. And, we, and it's funny because Corey. Corey even said, he goes, John's right. He, he kicks better than I do. Yeah. Yeah, because Corey doesn't kick. He said his stand-up was better. He said Nemkov's stand-up was better. Yeah. But he says, but in my wrestling, yeah, he can't stop me. Well, we're and gonna that is going to be the whole question. We're going to find out. If because he stops Corey, you know there's going to be the, that thought process going through Corey's mind. Yag Shamiradov was able to stop Corey several times. Yeah. And get his back off the fence. Yeah. But Corey's relentless because exactly. he's got great cardio. But that's, but that's what he's going to have to do. That's exactly what he's going to have to do. What Corey's got to remember is that because uh, – 
Rafael uh, Cavallo, right? Cavallo. Cavallo was the one he fought. Nemkov fought in Italy. In yeah. Milan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it Italy? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Italy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the very first combination that Nemkov threw kicked him in the head. Yeah. And he's 6'3", 6'2", mm-hmm. I think he's more on the 6'3 side. Yeah. He makes it look easy getting his foot up oh, there that quick. He has no problem getting it and up there. And he hides it side. really well. I mean, and Corey was like, oh, yeah, I can see it coming. I don't know if you can mm. because a lot of people get hit with that head kick. Phil <clears> Davis <throat> got hit with it. Didn't rock him or anything, but he Bader got, hit with, got it. hit with it. Bader got hit with it. He hides it really well behind the combinations. Yeah. So he does something right that's making people think that they can see it, but they can't see it. Yeah. So I look at this fight. It really just comes down to, honestly, American wrestling versus the Sambo-style wrestling. If Corey can get this fight to the ground, Nemkov's going to have some problems. And he'll start to slow down as the fight goes on. See, but you're talking about Sambo-style of wrestling. Yes, he does have that, but he also trains with the international team. He, yeah, he, Russian he, international team. Yeah. I mean, the dude can wrestle. Yeah. He is not going to be in it. In my opinion, what Corey's got to do is he's got to put it in his mind. I'm going to try for, for a takedown. Oh, I didn't get it. I'm going to try for another one. Oh, I didn't get it. I'm going to try for another one. And he's got to just have that mentality. Eventually, I'm going to get what I want. Yeah, but let's let's talk about this, though. His fight with Ryan Bader, Nemkos fight with Ryan Bader, he was very active from the bottom. And that's what made Bader kind of back out of the guard and let him back up, which led to his demise. He got knocked out after that. Whereas with Corey, Corey's yeah. very good on the top position. And he, Nemkov's got to focus more on getting up instead of having an active guard. Absolutely. And so I think he can threaten the submission, but we're going to go back to the threaten the submission, sweep, and then get back up to his feet. Or he's going to threaten you know, the sweep and then try to attack the submission and then kick him back and get back to his feet. He can't afford to be hanging out down the bottom trying to hit armbar triangles all day. No, especially if Corey loves the half guard. And if he gets to that half guard position, you know that he's going to be really comfortable there and he's going to lay down heavy heavy elbows and punches because he brings a just a tenacious ground and pound attack so it's a great fight i love it i mean either guy can win yeah and that's what makes it fun corey has got his strengths nemkov's got his strengths it's a matter who's able to implement what they want on that night yeah it's true um the next fight on that one is aaron pico he's fighting uh I, how do you say his name? Adley. Adley. Adley Edwards, who's the last-minute replacement. Jeremy Kennedy pulled out. I guess apparently got injured. Yep. Injured. Okay, I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> look, th- there's there's no love lost between Jeremy Kennedy and Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico's made it very clear that Jeremy Kennedy's turned down the fight several times. Yeah. Took him forever to sign the contract. Does not want that fight. And there's it's been said publicly now several times. And Aaron's like, look, one day we're going to fight. He's like, I'm going to make him pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but look, Pico's a very respectful guy. He just wants to fight the best guys. Kennedy's high in the rankings. He's high in the rankings. Look, I want to fight the guys, all the top guys. Aaron's made it very clear. He's like, I want to make sure that there's, I'm beating everyone to the title. When I win the title, I want to make sure that everyone, all those people have to fight me again. Look, I, I'm going to be honest right now. Aaron Pico's on a roll. His last two fights, his fight again, I, I was so One impressed. One of the best fights I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Aiden Lee fought his ass off. Oh, I was thinking Justin Gonzalez. And then, yes. Well, Aiden Lee fought his ass off against him. And then Justin Gonzalez fought his ass off against him. And Aaron just put it on both of them. It was Justin. I I love everything he did. He was just a step behind throughout the entire fight. And that was because of what Aaron was doing. And Aaron was trying new things, too. He tried a lot of new things with Aiden Lee with all the submission attempts. He kept him going after the anaconda choke time after time after time. Finally gets it. And with Justin, he was trying different things in the stand-up. He was doing spinning elbow attacks, spinning you know, uh, kicks. You just look and you go, 
man, this kid is starting to get it. He's starting to actually feel comfortable in the cage where before he was never comfortable. You yeah. could see it. He's getting comfortable, and that means that he's going to be more relaxed. He's more confident than ever. At 145, man, I'm telling you, he's coming. Look out, everyone. He's coming because he is a definite skilled individual. He's got an unbelievable gas tank. Yeah. His gas tank is unmatched. The thing is, John, is the fight that impressed me. I love the A and Lee fight because we saw that new dimension of him with the submission yeah. attacks. But the Justin Gonzalez fight to me, because it, the stock of both those fighters, all I did was rise. Yep. To me, even though Justin getting his first loss in his career, to me, that was one of those fights where we saw what kind of fighter he was. Yeah. I was like, this is a kid that you definitely want to sign. You want to sign to an extension. Oh, yeah. You want to have around for a long time. He is a stud. If you guys have not watched that fight, you guys got to go and watch that fight. It was a fun, action-packed fight. Now, it takes two guys to make a fight. We understand that. Justin Gonzalez and Aaron Pico together was just dynamite. There was wrestling. There was jiu-jitsu. There was spinning back kicks, leg kicks, front push kicks, great combinations. The way that they mixed up, they made it a true MMA fight. And to me, when we talked to Justin Gonzalez like a couple weeks later after that fight, yeah. he's like, he said, man, I just felt like I was, like you said, one step behind. Step behind he's like, I'm yeah. going to make some adjustments. I'm going to do, I said, don't change too much. No, he doesn't you don't have need to. to. You don't need to. I said, because at any moment you could have rocked him and clipped him at something and it would have changed the dynamic of the whole fight. You were doing everything right. You were just a step behind. He was, he was out wrestling you because he was that caliber of wrestler and making you second guess a couple little things that made you hesitant. But a couple tweaks here and there, you're going to be right back there. I don't see a lot of guys in that weight class that are going to give Justin Gonzalez any problems outside of Aaron Pico and AJ McKee and Patricio. Those are the top three guys. Yeah. Give me somebody else. Daniel Vaisho, I don't think he's getting a little bit older. I don't think him versus, I think Justin would be, would be able to tip him over because he's, he's sure, he's a smart fighter. He's got the output. He's got all those things. But he's also 38 years old, I think, now. Yeah. You know, So that, to me, starts working at that age. Yes. At 37, 38, I've been there. I understand. <laughs> Things slow down. You're only Justin, there, but you're only there once, so don't worry yeah, about yeah. it. But Justin Gonzalez is making his way up as he's making his way down. Yeah. You know, that's a big-time fight. So uh, I'm trying to think of other guys in that way. Well, let's just take Mads. a look. You're, you're telling people to – yeah, Mads Burnell would be yeah. a great contest right there. But you're telling people to watch him. They're going to have a chance to watch him in Hawaii – because he's fighting against Kai Kamaka, a guy that you have trained yep. with know very well. Yep. And I love Kai Kamaka, but that's a hard fight for him. Yeah, it is. It's a very hard fight for him. Kai, is he's he's good. He's a buzzsaw. He's a buzzsaw. He'll come forward. He'll, he'll do a lot of things. He's got to have a little bit more output. We've said this a couple times. Um, he just needs to make sure he's securing the win. Stop letting it go to the decisions because you, you're a better. he is a better fighter than that. But Justin Gonzalez is going to be that guy. It's going to give him some problems because he will be coming forward. He will be oh, wrestling. He will be in his face. He will be mixing it up. He will make him fight at a pace that he probably is not comfortable with. That's the one thing that surprised me, that he was able to withstand what Aaron Pico was doing oh. for that full three minutes. And he was the one kind of pushing towards the end at as well. Times. At times. And that was super impressive because I have trained with Aaron Pico. I know his gas tank. I know what he's capable of. That was phenomenal performance by both fighters where I thought their stock didn't didn't go down. All it did was rise. Yeah, you're talking about that fight at the, you know, in between the rounds, at the end of the round, I would watch and both of them were breathing heavy. Yeah. You know, but they were both going. And so you go, man, they're in shape. And you would watch them go back to their corners. And I watched both of them and I'd watch them go. Yeah. And by the time they were standing up, their diaphragms weren't even moving. I go, Jesus Christ, what kind of condition are both of these guys in? So that's what you're going to face with Justin Gonzalez. But Aaron Pico, 
going against a guy coming in, you got to give you know Adley Edwards credit. He's nine and one. He was a Division two, you know, uh, All American in wrestling. He does wrestle. He does got a lot of leg kicks. He likes to throw his hands. Just uh, you know, coming in with limited amount of time. He had a fight. I want to say at the you know two weeks ago. Yeah. So he just had a fight. You know, is that a good thing for him? Is it a bad thing? Because, you know, you get that loop where, you know, you're just not as you you peak for something and then you try to re-peak and it just doesn't happen yeah. for you. We'll we'll see. But, you know, you, you got to give it to a guy who's stepping in against an Aaron Pico, the Aaron Pico that we see today. Yeah. All right. Then we've got Tim Johnson against Linton Vassell in the heavyweights. Look, this is one of those ones. It's like Tim Johnson came in, had two losses. All of a sudden smokes Tyrell Fortune. Comes back, beats Matt Mitrione, gets three wins in a row, and now he's back on two losses. Yeah, he lost to he's he basically he's lost to Team Fedor. Yeah, he lost to Moldovsky for the interim title, and then he lost to Fedor by knockout. Going against Linton Vassell is not going to make life any easier. Linton Vassell has been fighting beautifully at heavyweight, and he's on what a three fight win streak as a heavyweight. Yeah. yeah so the thing with the thing with Tim Johnson, right? When he lost to Moldovsky, it was a very close fight. I actually had Moldovsky thinking that he was going to come in there and just dominate Tim Johnson. That was not the case. Oh, no. It, Tim Johnson fought a great fight. He was the one actually pushing the actions the in the fourth and fifth round. I was surprised. I was expecting Tim to slow down a lot, and he didn't. He was the one setting the pace. He came up short. He started a little bit too late. When with heavyweights, sometimes they start too fast and they slow down. Yeah. This time he started a little bit too late and lost the earlier rounds. Yeah. Moldovsky was able to do more work. The Fedor situation... Look, people have to understand, I don't care how old he is, he still has speed and he's going to always have power. Yeah. I mean, he's still got a little bit of speed in them hands, and he showed it in that fight. Just bap, bap, real quick, and it was over. Yeah. I think Tim didn't know what to expect. I also think being in Russia, under those bright lights. in the Yeah, it's a little bit, I think, a lot to, to, to take in. Yeah. You know, I'm fighting Fedor in Russia. If I win this fight, I may never get out of here. <laughs> okay, like that's, that was, I'm sure that was going through his mind yeah, at some point. Be. But look, Linton Vassell's looked great since getting up to heavyweight. I think this should have been the weight class to begin with. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, the same way I feel For about years. Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader walks around 240, 242, 240 something. And should stay there. And should stay at heavyweight. Should which never he is. Try to, yeah, he, he is. Said he He's is. not coming back anymore at 205, which which was dumb for him. You know, it should have been a heavyweight pretty much the whole time. I think I think in the UFC, he would have done really well at heavyweight. Had he, I'm not saying he would have been champion, but I'm simply saying I think he would have done really well at heavyweight with his level of wrestling. He would have. Would have done great. So, and Lynn Vassell is one of those guys. He's got good, when he gets on top, he's got good pressure. He's got good submissions. On, the on feet. top, he's a yeah, he's monster. monster. He's a monster. He's got good sweeps, too, yeah, for the he bottom. Does. So, um, he's only had problems with certain guys. Phil Davis gave him a lot of problems, was able to get him to finish. But guys he, that can out-wrestle him yep. give him problems. And so, the question is, will Tim Johnson be able to out-wrestle him and put him on his back, or will Linton be able to stop Tim's wrestling because Tim's wrestling he doesn't use at times. He kind of tries to get into that. I'm going to stand with you for a while and then I'll work to the clinch. If he tries to take Linton down from the clinch against the cage, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah. He's such a strong guy. He's so big. He's got good leverage and he understands how to use that fence as a balance point. It's going to be a difficult takedown attempt for Tim if he tries to do it there. See, I think that Tim has the better striking though. I, I I think they're kind of even. I'm just I give, being honest. Okay, I give Tim a little bit more of the edge in the boxing department. Okay. Lynn Vassell's got, he uses kicks a little bit more than Tim does, but I use the boxing because the two of them, when they start to get in the mix, I think that Tim's going to box a little bit more and then potentially work for the takedowns if he can. He shouldn't be hanging out on the legs. He shouldn't be trying to force takedowns, making himself tired. 
He's got to get the open the open mat area takedowns, and if he's able to do that, Linfacel's good though from the bottom. His hook sweep, yeah, his is. elevator sweeps, all of those things are very. But the good. guys that get him on his butt are guys that do blast doubles. That's true. Phil Davis did it to him. Ryan Bader did it to him. Those are the guys. If you can in the center of the cage get into his legs, mm-hmm. he has a hard time stopping. Yeah, but you cannot compare those two guys as wrestling with no, Tim Johnson. No, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Let's go. Carry on. All right. So look, let's just t- we're gonna touch over a couple of the fights in the prelims. See which one you guys want to talk about. Which one do you want to talk about? Only pick one. One. I want Kyle Crutchmer versus Michael Lombardi. Ah, I knew you were gonna go with that one. You have to. Yeah, dude. that took my homer. That's a. I gotta put <laughs> you did. on the homer list he because took my homer. that's a tough one. Look, Kyle's been actually fighting very well at one seventy. He's really done well, and he is using his wrestling and his stand up. He's got a real fight against Lombardo. Lombardo can fight. Lombardo is good everywhere. He's got good wrestling. He's got good stand-up. He's got a good submission game. The guy is a, a an all-around fighter. That's a that's a really good matchup. It's going to be an interesting fight. All right, so I'm going to pull this one out of my ass because he's another local kid, but I think there's a lot of hype around him right now. Is that young kid Robert Sor- Soriano, oh, Soriano, Soriano, or whatever? Yeah. And then the third, Soronio, Soronio. Sorry. But he is, his first performance, he had a great performance, super dynamic everywhere, real good speed on the takedowns, real good speed on the feet. He's he's an all-around good MMA fighter. I know he's only 1-0, but he is a local kid, so I'm going to pump him because I'm a local guy. And, I, you know, look, I'm, I really believe, honestly, San Jose is a hotbed, not just hotbed, the Bay Area is a hotbed for fighters. You've, you've had a lot, you look at the legacy of the fighters that all come here, got Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, myself, you know, Frank Shamrock, I mean, just start to, from back in the day, you know, you got Kung Lee. You know, you've got a lot of good, good fighters that are out of here. I know I'm missing some. You know, Nick and Nate Diaz. I was going to say Nick and Nate Diaz, a a guy named DC, a guy named Cain Velasquez, a guy named Luke Rockhold. But you know what I mean. I'm just trying to mention the guys that were the original guys. Original guys. Original guys. Brian Johnson to start it all off. You know, you got to go Brian Johnson. And so, look, when we're talking, I'm looking for that new up-and-coming young talent. Adam Piccolotti, sure, he was the guy, but now he's got a little bit. I'm not saying he's old. So, I'm not saying he's old, but... um. I'm kicking your corner. Yeah, I, I lost my that. I lost my son. Oh my god! Because you kicked it. Um, but I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying he's old. I'm simply saying that he has. He, there you go. Good. Yeah. He just keeps Why, kicking Nate, it. Man. I'm a kicker. He's a kicker. I just did it to mine now. So um, look, Adam Piccolotti's he's progressed already enough to where everyone knows him. Everyone knows everything about him, and so that type of. Uh, his fighting style and everything like that. But you want somebody who's young and is going to explode onto the scene. I think this young man, he's got he's got the talent. I don't know if he'll end up living up to the expectations, but it, I think he's someone that you should tune in and try to watch. Yeah, well, good did, stuff. Didn't he fight in his first fight? Uh, Socrates Hernandez, who was the big, uh, look, he was he was the big name, wasn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Now he was the big name coming out and and. Yeah. Saronio just put on a great performance because look, Socrates was he was fighting a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. It was just that Saronio was just one step ahead of him throughout the entire one. So yeah, he's well, someone to watch. Let's go with another. This is uh basically like an old an old school. Um, it's an old school matchup, not old school matchup, but his father fought in the UFC. Is Laird Anderson? Yeah, Lowell Anderson. Lowell Anderson, Lowell Anderson, who I started off with way back when at a yeah. place called Torrance, California, with yeah. the Gracie Academy. Yep. So that's that's his son. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. he he's a young he's a good young kid. I used to train. I used to actually coach him, but in, uh, back in like 2006, 2007, something like that. But yeah, now he's making his second fight uh, in in Bellator. Yeah. So good stuff for him. The young talents getting getting uh, a little bit of a uh, big time stage experience. 
which is good for them. But those two guys, if you're looking at some talent, his dad fought John Lewis for yes, the t- for the title, correct? No, no. Not for the, title. for the title. Just, there was a straight fight in the UFC. Straight fight. Um, Lowell came in and Lowell, if you can go back in time and and there's actually tapes of Lowell doing, you know, the uh the 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 matched fights in the Gracie Academy. Lowell's one of the guys mm-hmm. and you can watch him doing some fight stuff and he moved up to the Idaho area there and uh He's um yeah he was in Boise yeah he's a great guy yeah he was in Boise he was in, he was in Boise you know we just, were supposed to fight a couple times before he oh, got no in, shit. before he got in the UFC yeah. I was supposed to fight Jens Pulver because he he went to Boise State yep. I was supposed to fight uh, Lowell Anderson and then they all went to the UFC because I was racking out wins and they were like yeah every promoter was trying to put us together and then I moved back I moved from from Idaho back down to California and then they were all in the UFC I'm like there's really no one for me to fight I was almost I was scheduled to fight Dennis Holman. I was supposed. I was scheduled to fight. Uh, there was another guy at 170 that fought. God, what was his name? Not Benji Raddick. It was another guy. I was. I was scheduled to fight all these guys. Benji Raddick was a good fighter, man. He yeah, had heavy hands. Oh, remember broken hand a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was. He was a stud. Good wrestler. The too. Razor Raddick. The Razor Raddick, oh, man. man. I remember the fight. What was the fight? He got his jaw broken. Oh, that was in the Ellenberger. It was in the IFL, wasn't it? No, it was a UFC fight. His jaw really, was hanging. Was uh, it against Chris Lieben? I don't. I don't recall that. Somebody broke his jaw and it was like hanging. It was in the UFC. I think it was his second to last fight. If Can you pull up Benji Raddick? Yeah, Benji Raddick, uh, stud of a wrestler, had dynamite in his hands. Just great fighter. I'm trying to think. <coughs> Raddick. Yep. You said uh, it was a. Goes job. Yeah, he had a broken muscle. jaw. I think he fought some broken more, jaw. There you go. Yeah, broken jaw. Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben. Uh-huh. Chris Lieben. Okay. See, this fucking old you. brain still works. But, but look at that. Wasn't the UFC Freedom Fight? Oh, it was Freedom <laughs> Fight. <laughs> Shit. That's how long ago. <laughs> wow, maybe I was. So, and then the IFL came. Because that's figure that's June of two thousand and four. That's before wow. Chris Lieben was ever in the UFC. Wow. Jeez, man! And that's now like, Chris Lieben is a referee. God so scroll up. Was he was he in the UFC after all that, or before uh, all that? No, uh, bef- must be no. no he, before, he was in before all yeah, that. Before. before all that. Yeah. Got there you it. Go. UFC thirty-seven <laughs> and a half. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to be on that card. I was supposed to be uh, UFC thirty-seven and a half at from the Bellagio. Yep. And it Vitor was Vitor Belford uh, and Chuck Liddell. Yeah, that was, I was the main event. That. And the 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 main fight was. For TV because of it was on what was that what was that uh Al Bernstein no 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 it no. was the Al Bernstein yeah no. he was the guy that commentated the that special no 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 Joe Rogan it was Joe Rogan's first time as the color commentator with Mike Goldberg but they actually had um it was what was it called uh God dang it best damn sports show. best damn sports show thank yeah. you there that you was go. Al Bernstein that hosted it no Chris Rose hosted no it. Al Bernstein. I remember because I was supposed to be on there, and I watched it to make sure it was Al Bernstein. He hosted it. Yep, they talked about it. Unless they sold it later to somebody else who did it, but no, I watched that. It was well, on Rob, it was NBC, Robbie Lawler, NBC Best Damn Sports Show versus Steve Berger. Yep, was the fight that that was the main fight for that show, the Best Damn Sports Show. That was the featured fight. Ah, that was the big thing because Robbie had had one fight. Yeah, in the UFC, and it was against uh, Aaron. Yeah, Riley. Riley. I was supposed to fight uh, Joao jo- jo- Perini on that jo- fight. Perini? And that's how Eves got into the UFC. Yeah. Because I didn't take that fight, so he got in. You dummy. I know. What's wrong with you? It's Frank Shamrock spiraled me in the spine. <laughs> fucking fucked my back up for, for a couple weeks. 
Yeah, uh, the week before my last hard sparring session, he spiraled me in the spine, and I had to take out. That's why Frank and I didn't get along. He always hurt me right before my fights. What an ass. What an ass. Uh, all right, so um, outside of that, let's get into the, let's start, start talking about the UFC. Let's go. All right. You got to love UFC. You got to love the main event. It is a rematch. I want you to know that because I didn't even realize that I actually refereed the first one. <laughs> so it wasn't a very memorable fight. Couldn't even, I didn't even remember that. It was it like so fast. What? I, I was a referee and that was back. I, I you know, we, we were talking about the uh, New York and uh, Madison Square Garden. That's where the first one took place. So, yeah, that was the uh, Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez fight, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was one of the car yeah. the fights on the undercard. So, well, this show is brought to you by MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. And if you guys use our promo code WayneIn, they'll give you a little extra spending cash. And guess what? We've got Big John in the studio today here in San Jose because we are talking Bellator. If you guys are following MyBookie.ag, look at what they have to offer. Use our QR code right there. That QR right there, Big John's head. Use that QR code right there. They'll give you some extra spending cash for your first initial deposit. You've got AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. You've got Nemkov against Anderson or Corey Anderson in that fight, in those betting odds. Make sure you check them out. John and I will give you guys a little uh, advice, which we could potentially do here, and you guys will pay attention and listen. Maybe. I'm going to go. You're going to go. I'm going to go. Let's hear it. I'm going to go with Nemkov over Corey Anderson. Oh, look at you. It's you a bastard. tough one to go. That is a it's tough a one. It's a very tough one to go. And you, have uh, you have changed your tune. And with Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee, I'm going to I'm gonna pass. Because <laughs> I'm a smart man. I'm a smart man. But overall, good betting odds. So go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WAYNEIN, and uh, good luck. Vicente Luque against Bilal Muhammad oh, yes. in the UFC. I'm going to go with Vicente Luque, Vicente Luque one more time. Yes, I will. Look, I think Vicente Luque is a phenomenal fighter. Yeah. And I think Bilal Muhammad is, has become a phenomenal fighter as far as he really relied so much. Back then, he relied so much on his wrestling, and he wasn't able to really take Luque down. And that was the difference in the fight. And guess what? Nothing's going to change. Wow. You think All he's right. going to knock out again like he did last time? I, th I, I just think Luque is... He doesn't get the credit that he deserves for being the fighter that he is. Because well, he doesn't speak up enough. Does he speak English? Yeah, he speaks English. Is it, does he speak well? Yeah. Okay, so then what's his problem? He's a, he's a nice guy. No, no, get on He's Twitter. not a braggart. Get on, get on Titter. Twitter. Titter? Titter. Get, get on, on Titter? Get on Titter. <laughs> start spouting off of the tits. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> I want you on Titter. Yeah. All right, just, jo Josh swipe, has just created right. a new platform new Josh. for Joshism. Another Joshism. Another Joshism titter. Um, Vicente Luque after this fight, title shot? No. I'm just being honest. So you think Chemayev over him? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what they want. I'm sorry, but if, what I've seen of Chemayev, because remember I said I, I needed it. to see it. You can say it. Vicente Luque beats him. Ooh, I like that. I think Vicente Luque beats him. So I'm saying, why would you give him the Colby Covington? Which I understand. Give it because there's a lot of media behind that. Vicente Luque is not going to sell that fight. But in the process of giving Vicente and you just, you just said everything. Yes, you just said it all. He's not that's gonna the sell reason. But Kamzat brings all those people with that needle mover. <clears throat> Colby brings all those people because he talks and he's going to sell it. And Kamzat, he's going to sell it. Yeah, and it's going to be on ABC. <clears throat> Dana wants that. Okay, I agree with you. Now, in the process though of doing that, the winner of the winner of this, which I wouldn't even say Bilal, but I would say if Vicente wins this fight. 
fights Usman Kamara? on the same card. So if something happens and someone gets COVID or someone gets sick, yeah, something happens, you can interchange them and say, hey, you know what? Now I yeah. can this person can fight this person. Josh Thompson. Yep. Look at the big brain on Brad right there, man. I'm simply saying Damn. Vicente Luque on the same card with them. You're giving Vicente the exposure he needs if he does beat Usman, but there's a good chance he may beat him. So you got to be very careful because the fight to make will be Chamaev and Usman because Usman's had so many wins. So you've got to be careful. You may lose your big money fight if you, that's what you do. See, I, I don't know why everyone – look, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a huge Chimaev, uh fan. I, I love – like I said, I've been watching before he was in the UFC. I, I, I told people this kid's going to be fucking really good. You're, you're pushing him too far to think that he's going to beat Usman. He's a good wrestler. So is Usman. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why Colby – He's not as good a wrestler as people thought. We just showed it last weekend. He, he barely got Gilbert down a couple times. He got him down multiple times. Yeah, but he didn't, wasn't honest. able to hold him down. He's not taking... He's, <laughs> he didn't he, want to hold him down. He's not taking Usman down. He was smart not to he's hold not him down. He's not taking Usman down. Okay, I, I'm, I, this is what I'm saying. And I don't know if he's out striking Usman either, after what I saw. Well, okay. Let's just be honest. If you go and you watch that fight, Chimaev went out there to knock Gilbert out. He was throwing hard. He was throwing... He was overextending. How often? How Do you think he's going to change the way he fights? Yes. I think, hold on. Hold on. If you go back and you look at what his, you could, you remember his coach just screaming at him between the second and third round. And his coach was going after him. And what his coach was telling him is, quit getting in a brawl. You, I want you to use your jab. And he go, he, in the third round, he went out, he used the jab, he fought more intelligently. That's why he won the round because Gilbert Burns had won the second round. Yeah. So if he goes and he fights the way that he can fight and he takes all – he's human. He's got emotion. And when he's fighting someone like Gilbert Burns, he knows, hey, this is going to be a hard fight. I, you know, I want to be I want to be impressive. And then you just can't get rid of good people. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. And so he's got to put it in his mind, hey, I fight smart. I don't fight – to just destroy people. If I can, great, but I've got to fight smart because I can't just destroy everyone and you're not going to just destroy someone like Kamaru Usman. In fact, you're going to be the underdog in that fight. Do you think so? I think so. I, mean, I, I, don't, unless, I don't know what unless, to expect unless from the, the betting lines Unless the days. odds makers are fucking nuts. Yeah, they might. I mean, they, who knows? Who knows? Okay, how, how can you? I who knows? To, we might get PFL betting lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could go with those. We'll win. <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting in a lot of trouble. Ooh. That's not a good situation, no, John. I'm hearing situation. a lot of things from from the casinos. From oh, the yeah, yeah, they're. Not, I told you how serious yeah, that this was. Is not a, this is a big deal. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, overall, though, I think Vicente gets it done again. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a tougher fight. He got the yeah. he got the knockout in the first round last time. Am I right? Was it the first round? I think it was the first Go round. Go back first, to that first round. Yeah, yeah. First oh, round. Yeah, yeah cool. he got the knockout in the first round. So. Uh, but look, but Bilal's stand-up is is much better now yeah. than it was back then. Mm -hmm. So you know, I Still get, not an easy fight. Not an easy fight. No. I would like to see Vicente potentially slide up ahead for that title shot before Kamzat and uh, or at the same time when Kamzat fights Colby, if that's yeah. going to be the fight. Because that would be, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't see, I, why would you put Chemaev and and uh, Colby as the main event when you could have Usman versus Luque and then have them as the co-main to pump that fight? Possibly. I mean, like, you have you got to have a champion there. You can't have, to be on the national television, you can't have a non-title fight. Yeah, but if you're if you're the UFC. That's true. 
You're right. Before I even go any further, okay. you're right. You're right. correct. Okay. Did you hear that, Dave? Okay. See, when, when I'm wrong, I say oh, to yeah. him, well, I'm wrong. Dave, Dave doesn't yeah, do yeah. that. Dave. So, so, Dave, so uh, who opened up the show last week? The UFC show? Who opened it up last week? What do you mean? Pichel. Who opened up the pay-per-view? Yeah, Pichel. It was the was fight it? that I said. The, uh, <laughs> and this guy. This guy. This is the fight that I said. I love uh, it. I love it, buddy. Remember yeah. I said... Uh, um, yeah, I remember okay. a lot of what you when, said. When you guys, when you, when you guys wonder why we pick on him so much, oh. this just I want you guys especially, to go back, especially to this if you knew what was happening before we actually start. Yeah, and all the snap talk that comes from that man, I love him. Dave, what episode is this? What episode is this? Two forty-four. Okay, everyone at home, two forty-four is the episode. We want you guys every time we give him a hard time, I'm gonna refer back to two forty-four, and I want you guys to understand why we give him such a hard time. He can't admit when he's wrong, and he loves to play the troll part. Oh, that he's a he's a true WWE troll. Dude, you can put a he crown on him yeah. with that troll. Yes. Hey, if you want to talk about wrong, um, I saw some comments that were saying that Big John needs to go back and rewatch the first round of the fight with uh, Aljo. So <laughs> no, he doesn't. If we want to talk about wrong. Hold on, um, hold on. We've, hold we've on. watched, we've watched what, that first round what, several what, times. Hold on, one of your favorite John, you're supposed people, to be a referee that made the One of your favorite people, Dave, is Dana White. And Dana White said that Peter Yan won that first round. So now you're going to go against one of your favorite guys? I'm not talking about Dana White here. I'm just talking about you're supposed, you're <laughs> supposed, to, you're supposed to be the job. referee. And, Great job. Uh, I'm not a referee. <laughs> I, I retired from that long ago. And, but you made the rules, remember? And um, <laughs> I didn't make you know, anything. I'm just sitting here watching like a fan. Oh, hey, John, can you just go back and watch the first round, please, and then come <laughs> <Okay>. back to me? <laughs> All right, so let's I can. move on. I know who won it. Let's move on. So <laughs> I, I don't want to butcher this guy's name. I'm going to just call him Godsey. So Godsey versus uh, Kyle. Uh, I don't know either guy. Just to be, I'm going to be 100% honest, John. Okay. Maybe you do. I, but I, I, Go ahead. You know? I know who Kyle is. I've watched Mahalo before. He's really a good fighter. He's, okay. uh, he's a stud. I have not seen Godsey, uh, as I recall, but he's undefeated. So yeah, the, but the Holy fight shit. that to me that I'm the most excited about the next one. Yeah, okay, is Andre, Andre Fialo. Fialo Fialo versus Baeza. That's a good fight. <sighs> Look at Miguel Baeza is a smooth, good fighter, and here's the difference: on the feet they match up very well. Yeah, on the ground, Baeza's better. Yes, and so the real question: I do think that Andre has got more power. Yeah, for sure he does. Then Baeza. I think he's probably faster too. I don't, okay. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. He's definitely got fa- I think he's a little bit faster. He's definitely got more power. But they both have their, you know, I look the power that Andre has, I do believe he's got more. He's got more snap in the shots and so he can put Baeza in a bad situation with one shot quickly. But Baeza's ground game is actually slick. It's yep. good. And Fialo is not the strongest off of his back. No. If Baeza can put him there, you can get that win. But Fiala's got pretty good takedown defense. Oh, he's got really good takedown yeah, defense. Yeah, he's got good takedown defense. He's got he's he's actually got a great double leg. Ask DC. He's been taken down a couple of times by him. Um, and <laughs> so has Luke Rockhold. But yeah, he's got one of the most explosive power doubles I've ever seen. Blast yeah. doubles I've ever seen. It's it's impressive. He just doesn't have the jitsu to keep up with that that type of power double. Yeah, it, well, so. it, you know, his opening fight coming into the UFC was fantastic. It was on he, short notice, too. Exactly. That's the yeah. whole point. He, he took that fight last minute. And it was a freaking dogfight where, fight. man, he was 
you know, he was gassed at the end of it. He gave everything that he could give. He's, you can't ask for anything more. He's a stud. He trained at AK for six, seven years, six years, yeah. five, five, six years. Yeah. He's a stud. Great kid, too. Absolutely great kid. He moved here from Portugal and uh, just packed up everything and said, you know what? That's where I want to be. I'm gonna moved be a here and he's going to be a fighter. Stud, stud kid. Uh, let's go through. What other fights on here you want, are you interested in looking at? Devin Clark versus uh, William Knight. That's I'm, a good fight. Is I, there something up there? I do. I do. I go back to Pat Sabatini. Oh, yes. Pat Sabatini is a good fighter, man. The dude has got skills. You know, he's part of that whole group with Sean Brady and everybody mm -hmm. out of Philadelphia. Yeah. And TJ, his opponent, is a good damn fighter. TJ Laramie, is, he's a stud. This guy can fight everywhere. So that's a great matchup. But I look at that and I go, the way Pat Sabatini has been fighting lately, if he can just continue on with what he's been doing, I think he's going to get the win in that. Yeah, like, like look, the guys when got one guy starts having success in the gym, like Sean Brady, yeah. it just trickle down effect. So people that think the trickle down doesn't work, oh, yeah, I just explain to you it does. Yeah. Okay, so the trickle down effect it's legit in one gym when one guy's successful or one female successful, it starts working down to your younger talent. They start believing in everything that they're learning as well, and then it just starts resonating throughout the gym. If you look at it, it goes in phases, right? Pat Militich in his gym. One guy won the title. Next guy won the title. Next person won the title. AKA, one guy won the title. Next person won the title. It just started trickling down. Everyone started believing we were the same, best. We were the best. And you can think about that. Greg Jackson, same you thing. Talk, yeah, and you talk about it. People don't realize American Top Team ah. did not have a champion until who? A UFC champion. Who was their first stop, stop. Um, champion? Now, John, are we talking about weight classes or are we talking about... Boom. <laughs> Robbie Lawler. What's that? I said, are we talking about weight classes or are we talking... <laughs> <laughs> he just got you. Doesn't matter if you... He got you, Their John. first champion, exactly. He did. <laughs> he, he got, got me on that one. I kind of like that one. That was good, Dave. He's all... Look at him. He's patting himself uh, he is, on the back. He is, that was yeah. good. That was good. I but had to take advantage. Robbie Lawler, you're absolutely right. Yes. And think about all the fighters that came. They never got a UFC yeah. champion. They never made it. And then all of a sudden, when Robbie Lawler won it, look at all the champions they've had yep. since. But you know, this is what I heard. And I'm not trying to stir any pot. I heard, yes, though, you are. that he left because after he lost to Tyron Woodley, they put Tyron Woodley's picture up there above his or took his down and put his up. And then Robbie left right after that because he was felt a, I, and it went over to Sanford. Now, it might have been just the opening of Sanford at the same time because Robbie's manager is yeah. associated with that whole facility. But, yeah, I, I heard he just wasn't happy. Hmm. Something. I don't know. I could be wrong, man. Uh, but, I but Robbie was he was, the first, he was the first champion. champion of the UFC out of ATT. Robbie's, All that time. Robbie, I can't even say enough about the guy. No, I love the he's way he's funny. throughout his career. It's just I love that he doesn't give the media the attention like he, when it comes to the certain stuff. I love how humble, how great he is. I love how he keeps his private life private. He's amazing. Take man. a look at his last fight against Nick. Oh. You know, and it was just take a look at how he handled himself after that fight. Yeah. It just, and it was everything. It was all the years, all the years of maturity, the way he treated Nick after and what he was saying to Nick. And you look and you go, when he was 20 some years, that never would have happened. Yeah. But Robbie's grown and, and, you know, people can sit there and say whatever they want. Oh, he's got all these losses. And I hear that from people all the time. It's like, yeah. He does. So did Muhammad I mean, Ali. Look at look at who that son of a bitch fought. Yeah. He fought everybody. He never backed down from anyone. Didn't matter weight classes or anything like that. The dude is just a stud. He is a he's a fixture in this sport. And like you said, 
personality-wise, he's a blast to be around. You have to remember, he fought pretty much in every major promotion f across the world during this duration, right? He was in the UFC, he was in Pride, he was in uh, Elite XC, he was in Rumble in the Rock, he was back in the UFC, he was in Strike Force. Yep. I mean, you guys got to remember, every fighter was not all in one promotion during those times. You know, now the UFC, had, after they bought Strike Force and they had already bought in Pride. That's how they got Robbie back. That's how they got Bobby back. They, they got Robbie back when they bought the, in the purchase of Strike Force. Right. They were trying to get him back before yes, that. Yes, they were. And then he was like, I'm happy here. I'm yeah, good here. Yeah. Like, was I'm no making reason. good money here. Yeah. Are, when, you, are you going to pay me as much as they're paying Dana's me? Dana's always liked him. Yes, Dana loves him. Dana, Dana's always loved him, always liked him, always loved his fighting style. Just He was like, look, man, I just need you to, I need you to give me a little more effort. Robbie went through some time where he just, the motivation probably wasn't there yeah. or it just wasn't showing or resonating in the cage. But when he got back in the UFC, man, I was super pumped for him. Man, Great he, stuff. And he, he, you talk about that that taking that second chance and that yeah. second, you know, story of your career. He fucking made he it. He showed out. When people when we talk about people just coming back and delivering, he showed out. Oh yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So outside of all that, is there any other fights on here that you're interested in? No, that was, you know, the, I, I talked about the one the other one that I thought was gonna be a fun fight to watch is Devin Clark, who's got yeah. really good wrestling, very strong guy, but he's going against a beast in William Knight and uh but technique wise, Devin Clark Devin's got the technique down. He's the guy, if you're going to look at the more technical fighter, but William Knight is just a freaking powerhouse. Yeah. So that's going to be, to me, that's a fun fight, and it's at heavyweight. It's not at light heavyweight. Yeah. So nice. both guys are going to be, I, I'm wondering how big William Knight is going to show up. He's going to ah. be 240 pounds, you watch. Jeez. That's like the size of my leg. You just, you just. That's I totally a, messed up. That's a Josh-ism right Josh there. Josh-ism right there. <laughs> Size of my leg. Yeah. Dude, you got some big ass legs. My body, there. sorry. 240. My body. That's like three of you. Yes, it is three of me. It is three of me. Uh, all right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our uh, UFC talk as well as our Bellator talk. And we're going to get into um, a little bit of news. What do you got for us there, podcast, Dave? Oh, shoot. Hold on. Before wait, wait. that, I missed it. I didn't even know. Okay. My man, Chris Barnett. You're talking oh, about a guy that's big fun boy, to watch. Big boy. Big boy. Big boy. Oh, man. That man's doing all kinds of crazy shit inside the cage. He's taking on Bidet. And I, Chris, have fun, man, because you're He's fun to watch. He's so fun, man. He's fun to watch. Big old teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Explosive. He's big explosive. boy. He's explosive. Big boy. Yeah. yeah. You know what he reminds me of? Remember Tony Johnson? Oh, yeah. Big Tone. Big Tony? Yeah, Big Tony. Yeah, Johnson. he reminds me a little bit of him. Because you had two Tony Johnsons out of AKA. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No, but I'm talking about Big Tony yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, not not skitty twig. Tony not, 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 not not boxer Tony. No, Johnson. no, not boxer Tony. No. Got it. This guy. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap it up. Dave, let's get into some uh, some news. All right, here's a couple of stories we'll talk about today. So the first one is uh, Cesar Gracie put in a, a post on social media, basically saying that Nick Diaz will fight by the end of the year, um, and so obviously a teaser. But, um, you know, after the last fight, Dana basically said Nick should retire. Didn't look, looked fine, but, you know. It, I was going to say, didn't look good? Yeah. Come <clears throat> on. You see, that's what's wrong with your man, Dana White. No. Um, <laughs> I think he said he looked, he looked good, but he, but he basically, you know, the way he, the way he looked, I think he should he, retire. I think he questioned um, on, questioned whether he really wants to be fighting. Yeah. So my, yeah. my question to you guys is. Are the Diaz brothers just trying to get out of the UFC, get out of these contracts, um, tap into punches so they can um, get the hell out of here and go fight the Paul brothers? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. John, I'm, I'm really just, I don't know how many fights he has left on his contract, but I can almost say 
the fact that he fought Anderson Silva, that will should have extended his contract as well. So that was his last fight, right? Before, that was his fight before. Yeah, before Robbie. this last one, before Robbie, which was basically so he's five, got some five time, and a half years. He's got some time left, so he's gonna have to fight two or three more times probably before that contract's up. Because well, how many fights did he have before on his contract before he fought Anderson? And was that a title fight? No, no. no. So it wasn't okay. So then it wasn't a title fight. So I won't extend it. No, it didn't. But how many it. fights did he have? From what I understood, when Strikeforce was taken, when Strikeforce was bought, he signed like a six or an eight fight deal. Yeah. So if that's the case, he extended or something like that for four more fights or whatever it was. Well, his first fight. So he's in, got some time. Well, his first fight in the UFC back was BJ. Ah, that's because right. He, there was the Paul Daly fight, which was just unbelievable. That was in Strike Force. Yeah. That was for the title. He, you know, he kept the title, and then he went in and he, you know, let's be honest, he, he lit up BJ. Yeah. In that fight, so well, okay, so he won two, three, four, five. Yeah. Was the Carlos Cotta fight for the interim title? Yes. Okay, so that was for the interim title, so yes. that was five rounds. Yep. And then he fought GSP for after the title. That, coming off of a loss, he fought for the title. Yep. So that that probably extended his contract for two, one or two more fights at least. So that extends it again. Then you got Robbie and then he lost. So he if, had, Anderson, if he had a no six-fight contract, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah, the BJ fight would be one. Then he had the Carlos Condit, which was an interim title fight. Mm-hmm. So that might have extended it another one. Yeah. So there's two fights off of two fights onto it. The George St. Pierre definitely did. That's three fights. And he's already got two fights extended on it. And then the Anderson Silva was not. So you're looking, he's he probably owes three fights. Yeah. So he's got some ways to go. Three to four. And he's yeah. 38, 38, 39 years old. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think that he's gonna be able to fight out of his contract and go somewhere else unless he wants to fight into his mid forties. I don't and think he wants to fight like that. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he's interested in boxing either. No. I think he was when he was younger. I don't think he's Nate's interested a, in fighting. I think yeah. he's got other his 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 loves lie in different areas. Yeah, yeah. So all right, well, that's okay. Figure it out. He's got. He's, I think he's trying to make that last little money grab before he rides off into the okay. sunset, which is fine. Yep, it's great. Next. All right, next story. Um, Henry Cejudo uh, is set to re-enter USADA testing pool. Very after. good for Henry Cejudo. It's about time. Tired of all this bullshit about, oh, he's not in the USADA pool. Well, now he is. Say that again, John. He's not in the USADA pool. <laughs> Sound like podcast exactly who Exactly who is in that fucking pool. <laughs> no, I just, I look at it and go, man, this is, look, Henry has been, has been hinting that he wants to fight. He's been doing a lot of training with guys at his gym, fight ready, and getting other people ready. He's got the bug again, and that's good because I think he's, you know, I, I don't want to see him come back right away and fight like Volkanovski, you know, mm-hmm. if uh, he does, if he's coming back. I want to see him go back to Bantamweight. Yeah. And let's see how you do in the Bantamweight. There's guys that he can fight there. You know, TJ's back. I don't know, you know, injury-wise what he's going to do, but TJ's there. Sterling is the champion. You got Jan. You know, you got a bunch of people that are there that he can match up with. And him and Jan make for a good fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes for a good fight. Really good fight. Him and Sterling make for a good fight. I, I, look, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I think he just out-wrestles Sterling. He's he got did, a hard well, time with the speed. Okay, so what, what does Sterling basically live off? Yeah, he lives off that. You know, um, I think he out-wrestles him. With Yawn, I think he's going to out-wrestle Yawn as well. He's going to have a hard time holding Yawn down, though. So I think he'd have a hard time holding Sterling down. Yeah, probably. Sterling's good. Ah, it's good. Yeah, and they're both way bigger than him. Yeah. 
He's so way small. Long, way longer. Well, ah. no, is, Peter, is Peter that much bigger? I mean, he's bigger, but. Yeah. But you know what this is, John? This is a good step in the right direction to get him back. Oh, and, yeah. And look, and this is what happens when you have kids. You realize how much it costs. And so he's like, okay, you know what? I need to get some wins and get some money back yeah, in my bank. Podcast so. world isn't working out for him yeah, as far as me doing it. Yeah. Next. All right, we're going to wrap up on this story. Um, there's been a couple of cuts and partings and, and all that. Uh, the first one, hey, we talked about the podcast day for a year now. Fucking won't go away. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. And as of the 11th, which is uh, Monday, uh, Alex Oliveira is uh, being cut from the UFC. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, that kind of uh, sucks. It does. I really Because he's I really someone that him. will fight anybody. Yep. And he always brings, he always has a good performance. Yep. He always has a good showing. I know his last fight was very anticlimactic. It didn't have a great showing. But yeah. guess what? Again. Those are, those are to be expected against certain fighters. Yeah. But he always brings it. Those are the people that you don't want to cut. Well, his, those fight, are the ones... his fight was against uh, Holland. Yeah. You know? A guy coming from 185. Yeah. I don't know. Just like not everyone's going to have that body style either to have to deal with. Anyways, it just wasn't wasn't a great fight. They probably looked at it that way. See, Dave, I'm catching your yawns. Well, all right. Do me a favor. Pull up. See that one. I can understand. Pull up. Pull up. Uh, how many losses in a row did Oliveira have? What three in a row now? Who's but who is he fighting? What, but, and that's the question. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is you four take a, a look. Four in four a row. In a okay. Row. So, Randy Brown. That's a that's a crazy Jamaican man. That dude is so long yeah. and so good in stand up. He ends up losing him. Nico Price, that was a war. And then Ke Kevin Holland. I don't, you know, I just look and I go, if you take a look at his fights, he's been <laughs> fighting his ass off and there's other guys that have lost even more than that that they're still holding on to. They don't but it all really comes down to whether they like you or not. That's How can they, they not like him? What does he do press wise that brings more attention to the to the spotlight? He wears a cowboy hat. <clears throat> yeah, it, it worked. It worked, <laughs> but I mean, look, it just. But look, you have certain other you have other fighters that have been around, like with Josh Koscheck. He's a good friend of mine, but he had five losses in a row, and they still didn't want to get rid of him. He left on his own. Yeah. Josh asked for his release, and then when they waited for it to go, he let went to fight fight in Bellator, lost there, and then never fought again. But it was one of those situations where. They kept him. They were trying to re-sign Josh, even though he had five losses in a row. They didn't want to let him go. Yeah. In this situation here, he's got four in a row, but he's fight, He's fighting dogs. He's fighting people that are tough. Going and going. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, who knows? I I, I don't I don't I don't think that was a good cut. I think they should have kept him. Give him maybe try. I'm I'm not trying to try to say build him back up, but give him action fights. Give him people that will stand and bang with him. You know that are barn burner fights. Yeah. More of the Yancey Madera style style fighters. Yeah. Chase Sherman, he's another one they're parting ways with. Yeah. And you got to Chase is that guy that you look at when he fights. You know he gives you what he what he can. Yeah. And he goes after goes after his opponents. It's just that you know they've cut him before. He got a couple of wins. He came back, but he's had quite a few losses in a row. And so I kind of understand it. Uh, what three in a row? Lost to Andre, lost to Parker Porter, lost to Parker Jake Porter's Collier. tough. He Andre is tough. Yeah, he's got to have a little more confidence. His problem is though, when he gets out there, sometimes he fights a certain level that he doesn't have the confidence. I saw it when he fought Andre Lasky. He didn't have the confidence. He didn't start believing until until, until the end of the fight. Yeah. And by then, it was too late. So, all right, uh, is that gonna wrap us up, Dave? Yep, that's gonna take us off. All right, guys. Well, hey, go to weighinginpodcast.com. Check out some of our merch. Pick it up if you guys like. We do have coffee mugs, long sleeves, uh, hooded sweaters, 
That's not a sweater. Sweatshirts. Hoodies, which are sweatshirts. And we have sweatshirts. We have no sweaters for you. If you're a sweater wearer, we do not have anything that you want to buy. Don't listen to John. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. And uh, what's going on? We have the and still shirt that's still up. And still and still. Hashtag and still. still. They did a good job. And, of course, the Joshism that is up there as well, which is hindsight is 50-50. Those shirts will not be up for very much longer, maybe another month, if that. And then we may take them down. So make sure you guys pick them up so we can work on some new designs. All right, guys. I want to thank you guys for hearing the show. It's great to have us in the same room. I love this. Yeah. If I could just get you to move to Texas or California. <laughs> I definitely am not moving back to California. Uh, <laughs> I could uh, move to Texas. All right. let's. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. You know we, what? Since we're in the same room, go ahead. I want to hear you. I want to see you say it. <laughs> I have no idea take what you're us, talking take about. Take us away. Take us away, baby. All right. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. Do me a favor. Be kind to someone. Do something nice for someone that you don't know. It'll make you feel good. And we will see you. <laughs>